I am going to record locally just so there's a backup just in case. Look at you being all smart and shit. Hey, so you want to hear a funny story? The the episode of Clerks 3 that you hear on our pod beam is the second episode of Clerks 3. Oh, shit. Because yeah. the first one we recorded, I, something happened to my audio. CJ, you're making a face. I, there is no Clerks 3. A clerk's two. Sorry. You're such clerks a fucking two. idiot. Oh man. my god, you don't fucking CJ. joining us for the very first time this is icon or wycon the show where we break down your favorite film universes one flick at a time i am here as always with the copper top to my human battery Ooh. mr <laughs> cj laroche cj how are you feeling today i feel good i feel good i do have i do want to ask you a question right off the bat what is the universe of this wait what <laughs> you said your favorite film universe is I did not. My yeah. diction was on point. You, did. you were like, you're not going to start this episode you like, harassing me. You were like Michael Scott in a salary negotiation. You're like whispering oh, I, under I yourself. Swear to, I have. A, you are just being this difficult because we have company today. That's it. I'm showing off. You're just showing off to a company. You're being a badass little kid. Uh, the short answer is Andrew. I'm good because we do we do have company tonight. So I'm very 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 excited, and I will let you do the introductions. I'm here you. with my dear, dear friends, Zach and Matthew. Matthew, I feel like I've known you my whole life already. <laughs> Exciting. Yeah. It's, I, uh, I feel like I've known you for a while too. Yeah. I know. Right. It's been a whole, it's been, it's been a whole last minute. Uh, not only are we friends, they are also hosts of their own very fun, very movie based, very enjoyable podcast called Stab It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop <laughs> it. Exactly. That, yeah, that's, that's not it. it, is it? No, I it's think pretty it's close. Stream It. Yeah. Stream yeah. It. Yeah. You could probably right. search for either and find it. Yeah. My next my next guess was Bop It. So Bop It. Oh, I, I should have <laughs> no, let no, you no. go with the bit. Sorry. Right? Bop. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's all right. It's all right. It's over now. You killed it. It's fine. Yeah. No, no, no. I it's killed a, the podcast. I kill our podcast every week. So <laughs> yeah, you I'm do. You say it. that shit. No, it's a very funny podcast called Stream It. Um, and it's so funny that uh, me and Zach have been friends and colleagues for a really long time. And it's funny that our, our paths led us to both doing uh, movie podcasts with friends. And so what better way to spend my evening than to do movie podcasts with friends that are doing a movie podcast with friends. I fucking love it. It's such synergies. That's the right word I'm looking for, right? Syzygy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what kind of that person word. are you, man? Come on. It's world famous. S-Y-Z-Y-G-Y. Syzygy? That's is that correct. <laughs> yeah, it is. Spelling Bee, I don't have that show committed to memory. Oh, it's great. I got to be honest. I, I saw Spelling Bee and I thought it was great. But um, the woman that sings favorite part of the bee... Like I got so distracted because she did a weird vowel modification. She's oh yeah, like, no, Rome. she's got some very weird vowels. She's like You're favorite right. part of the boo. <laughs> I was like, girl, you just said boo. Yeah, yeah. What what is your favorite part of the boo boo? <laughs> um, the I love you song. There you go. It's great. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really sad. So CJ, why don't you tell the people uh, what we're uh, what we're talking about today? All right, so. 
Today on Icon or Ycon, the show where we break down your favorite film. You know, oh fuck you! We are doing the Matrix regurgitations. <laughs> I hate you so much. I hate you so much because it's kind of true. But what's the real title? The Matrix <laughs> Resurrections. Matrix Resurrections. So, so this is okay. <sighs> so like I'm I want to start be, be, yeah deep breaths deep breaths because here's the thing I'm going to be honest with the three of you I lowkey liked this movie <laughs> like well, I, I, I more than lowkey like it I like it a lot uh, yeah I liked it I liked it I'm also aware that it's almost too aware of itself uh I'm also aware that there are some big fucking problems <laughs> But I, but I still, I still liked it. Mm. I still liked it. I actually had a really good time. I mm. thought it was super fun. Mm. I thought it was made by intelligent people. Um, mm. But like, I see CJ is so <laughs> itching to say something. Are you just gonna say? Mm, or are you gonna say something? This say movie something. is a fucking colossal failure on no, every no! single level. <laughs> and how dare they? How dare they even? Think about making it and making what they made. Fuck off, film. Okay, I mean, like those are some very those are some very strong feelings. I think I think the best way to keep this organized <laughs> is to is to kind of I'm gonna pose some I'm gonna pose some like important discussion questions to the group. We'll right, chew right, on them right. for a few minutes. I'll watch the clock, and then we'll keep it moving because like this the, between the four of us and all of our opinions, this could be a three hour episode. Yeah. Agreed. And I'm trying. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to keep this bad boy orderly. Um, I, the show has turned into the view, um, <laughs> and I'm here for it. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I, I, yeah, dancing on the verge of cancellation every day. So, first thing, how do we all feel about this overarching? Neo is now a video game developer uh, named Thomas Anderson, and he is responsible for creating the Matrix game series. How do we feel about this being our meta plot MacGuffin? Zachary. Yeah, I mean, I fucking love it. This is like (laughs) one of the things that I love the most about this film. I think I've seen a lot of people who their favorite part of the film is the first 40 to 50 minutes or so. Mm. But ultimately, like if your conception of this film is the idea that Neo is a stand-in for Lana, Lana, Mm. right? Not Lily. Um, If Neo is a stand-in for Lana and there's this idea that the Matrix, the movie, the original Matrix gave her everything that she wanted in life. Like it gave her the realization that she was trans and allowed to allowed her to find that story and express that part of herself and give that story to so many people who needed it. And it provided this like financial liberation and artistic liberation that her and her sister would be able to have throughout their careers. But simultaneously, it also became this like, coffin that just trapped them because it was something that they would never be able to fucking live (laughs) up to again for the rest of their lives and we get to see that 
on screen. And it's like about the first 40 minutes is about this idea of what happens if this thing that is your greatest salvation also becomes your greatest tragedy. Oh, cool. That like, I didn't get that on my first watch, but on the second watch, that was just like all I could think. It's like, they got this thing and then they got it. It became everything else for everyone. Like the artistic expectations that were put on them for their career, but then also having their language co-opted by the alt-right and people who hate them mm-hmm. and want them not to exist. Yeah. I love that. Sorry, Matthew. I came in hot at the beginning. You, did. I like you, you set me up with exactly the right question. I, like I, I had a feeling. I, had a feeling. I, like, Matthew. I like those ideas that you just expressed. It's beautiful. <laughs> They're good ideas. Yeah. Um, so my thoughts on the on the video game thing, I, I thought it was a clever way to acknowledge that everybody had seen The Matrix and we all know that story and that it was like kind of replaying the story. But uh, as I started out, I was trying to figure out if they were trying to make us think that um, that what we had seen was just a story that they were telling us and if they were trying to do a red herring with mm-hmm. that. And when they said it was a video game, I realized, okay, they're not trying to do that. They're hanging a lantern on this. Um, so that we know, like, we know that they know that we know, uh, kind of thing. Uh, so I liked that a lot. Um, and, um, the first 45 minutes of the film, I, I just adored, I really liked it It was, uh, really trippy and just, um, um, I was going down a lot of angles of like, what's this mean? Um, and they were very, uh, very much confusing me and, in leading me in a lot of different directions. So that part, I really liked a lot. Um, I thought it was really interesting the way that they're playing with the concept of like the, um, the commodification of identity. Uh, yes. and so, yeah, so I like that stuff. Um, and overall I thought the video game thing, uh, worked well to address that. that. I think, I think what I loved about the video game thing is that uh, specifically the scene where they're like, Warner Brothers is going to make it with or without you. <laughs> when, when they gave us that line, I was like, oh, I bet that's just real. I bet that was the thing. I think it so, is, yeah. So, yeah, so, it the, is. so the choice, and we found out after it was released, like Lana did a, an interview being like, oh, yeah. Um, and Lily wasn't interested. They, we were ready to give it up. And um, Lily wasn't interested in like going back. Uh, she said something to the effect of, I'm paraphrasing horribly, but something to the effect of, I had just finally finished coming out of my cocoon and, and just, I, I felt weird going back there, you know? Um, but Lana felt like there was more to the story. And also Lana wanted a, um, her, uh, their parents had passed. And so Lana wanted to write a story about two people that belonged together and could be brought back in some way. And that was the germ of the seed of this idea that became the script and i think that's kind of interesting that it, it's about transformation and resurrection and i think that's cool it's a it's 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 dangerously close to ham-fisted but it's cool you know cj yeah. where are you at with that you guys this this movie was made by a fucking 12th grade film student who was just <laughs> trying to express themselves and like say that everything about film school is wrong and we shouldn't even be here but like i'm super stoked to be in film school i Stop hate this it. movie no this no. movie it, 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 what this is is this is so a- stay on cj stay on topic i asked you about the video game mcguffin okay. stay on topic okay so the video game mcguffin 
Shut up. Get out of my face. You know what the video game MacGuffin was? Hey, guys, if we'd use it as like a video game, we don't have to like really think about how to make a story. We can just play the first movie, which was awesome. And people will get wrapped up in the nostalgia. I think Morpheus. Oh, I'm sorry. Whoever that fucking guy is that's running around saying Morpheus, that he's Morpheus. Yeah. It's Morpheus. He even says the word nostalgia, right? Nothing yeah. to make you feel better, like a little nostalgia. Shut up, movie. so here's the thing cj is i i wish that i did not like when i see a movie that i've anticipated so much like this movie or something that i'm bringing in so much baggage with i cannot get out of my head and i am just like so fucking nervous the entire time i'm like oh what is going to happen what is going to happen Mm. and this movie just calls it all out for me so i didn't have to and i ended up going back into my head for the last like third of the movie the first time i watched it so i don't know that they were really that successful there but it put me at ease for the first third because they called all of it out like they said exactly what i was thinking i know how this goes this is not this is not how it's supposed to go i know this scene and i know that they're playing on that nostalgia and it's like yeah there's there's just a little too much of like this is not going to end the way you think it's going to end mm -hmm. right it's it's the exact opposite of that I just like, if we're going to revisit something, if we're going to go back and do it, like, let's, let's do it. Like she even says in the, or the, they say in the movie, like Warner brothers was going to do this without us, you know? And that's like, that's real. But like, why, why say yes to doing it? If you're just going to regurgitate what happened before and like everything that happens in the first half of this film happened in the first movie. I'm not, I'm not seeing anything new. That's valid criticism. Yeah. It's like, it's really not, it's like a variation of on a theme, right? It's not, it's not new. It's um, they're just taking all the same story and kind of playing around with it in different ways. Uh, And I don't know. I think that part of why Lana decided to do it is because she was like, you know, I don't care if anyone likes it. I don't know if that makes, you know, she's just like, I'm just going to make this movie because I really like these characters. And like, if people hate it, whatever, Warner Brothers is paying for it and I'm going to get a bag. someone's going to cash the check from Warner Brothers, it may as well be me. Also, I did all the Matrix movies, all of them. You're not going to do another one after this. There's no no way this spins off into a new trilogy. Oh, I mean. Oh, I think there is. Absolutely good. Sure. The way that it ends. I don't think Uh, so. You know, I don't, I uh, never doubt the uh, depths of corporate greed and their ability to to just re uh, zombify whatever it is. So you know, <laughs> I knows? actually was wondering on this watch if she was giving them a gift to start something new because I think Bugs is like planted to be a new protagonist in oh, the Matrix. Absolutely, in the first Bugs like, is new in, more, the, is in the first part of this movie, Bugs is the new protagonist, and then she's not. And then she's no. not and because then we have not. to refocus on Neo. Right, but why? And then we and, have to, yeah, we have to get Neo out of the Matrix. Why? Because he's still the one. It's like is the he? Shania Twain song said, CJ. No, he's not still the one. There's now the Looks two. It's like we made it. Two are the Look one. Look how far we've come, my baby. <sighs> Shania said it. <laughs> There's two ones now. I don't know if you, I don't know if we watched the same movie. There's well, no, months. now here's the, okay. So now here's the interest. She can thing. fly. They fly now. They fly. <laughs> 
So, okay. So here's the, here's the next point I want to, I want to discuss. So this movie starts out, it has its MacGuffin, right? And then it has this whole situation where we're, we're just like meeting people we know and re-meeting people we know. And they keep kind of like finding excuses to show us characters. We know they even have Priyanka Chopra as an older version of a character that we didn't truly know, but had kind of the winning scene of the previous movie, you know, which one is that? Sati for the for the for the viewers at home who may not know that name, Sati. Sati, yeah, the yeah. little girl from the train station. The little girl that made the that made the uh, sunrise. Um, for Neo, so she she has a whole role in this, and the the movie kind of shifts and turns into this caper. And what we learn is that the analyst has rebuilt the Matrix, and he after Neo was sacrificed to the machines. The analyst is now making a new matrix and had his own false starts, just like in the beginning in the first time. But the energy that Neo and Trinity create when they're together is the energy that they need to keep the matrix going. Now, I think that that is an interesting way to use the old story elements and sort of subvert them and give us something fresh. So you have a first chunk of the movie that's like, you're MacGuffin. And then you have stuff that you've seen already and lots and lots of callbacks. But then you have a, a sort of situational element that is new and is fresh. And now here's the question I pose to you. To you all. To you, team. To you, team. <laughs> the panel. If, yeah. The panel. <laughs> Does the positive aspects of the freshness outweigh the cringe factor of the recaps, because what they've done to Merovingian is fucking insane. Uh, all, all that, it's, all that it's, was and missing. And I couldn't, I couldn't get on board. Andrew, all that was missing was him fucking sucking on some alien's boo-boo with <laughs> green milk coming out. That was the only thing that was missing from the Merovingian. CJ, CJ, you got what you wanted. You don't have to keep insulting The Last Jedi. Like he, for the for the viewers, he even insulted me in a text that somebody that texted us asking if I truly walked back how I felt about the Last Jedi, and I gave a very political answer. And CJ would not even let me have that. Okay, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to answer the question real quick, and then I'll pass it to Matthew. Uh, hard no. Concise. <laughs> you, you can. You, you you're welcome to elaborate. I don't need to, Andrew. It's bad. It's all really bad. The, 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 like, the, I would have loved to watch a movie about this alien uh, machine civil war. That yeah, that's been, cool. That would have been awesome. I would have really liked to movie. have seen what happened there. Put it in the movie. Um, <laughs> I, I, the, to me, that whole concept of Neo and, and, and Trinity needing to like power the matrix. Why? Why? They don't really interact except like in the weird coffee shop. There's no, there's no conceivable way. And that woman had like 17 fucking metal pipes in her body. She's not coming back from that. Well, I think they fully like rebuilt Jurassic Park style. Like yeah. I don't think they're building from uh, the original parts. They rebuilt yeah. Trinity and Neo. Right. But her brain, so like a, her brain died. Clone, right? Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, it's just just a clone. Oh, it's a clone. Yeah, I need the movie. Yeah. To happen. It's like, oh, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> yeah. We did it so the movie could happen. I didn't know J.J. Abrams was involved in this project. <laughs> oh no! 
They're they're just life model decoys. I yeah, I wasn't really <laughs> expecting them to to explain. So I was actually just fine. You were just I thought just it was just, Yeah, I I didn't think we were going to get that, mm. so I was actually totally fine that they just tried. I didn't think about that part too hard. Mm. Yeah, cuz there was so many other things to like try to figure out. Like as much as I love Jonathan Groff, what the fuck? What, what, how, how is Smith still there? I thought he was deleted. Uh, wasn't he, wasn't he created by Neo? So, or okay. No? So Neo created him, but he's got all of his memories and stuff. That's yeah. a genuine question. I, I, again, I'm no, no, no. It, that's, that's not clear how he is Smith because like weird Smith Morpheus hybrid is Smith and Morpheus. That's what I mean. Until, yeah. it's, until it's not. Yeah. Um, that's confusing. Say- Smith was yeah, like all of this stuff kind of happened in Act Two, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's Act Two. The the acts were very blurry in this film, besides blurry, the first Matthew. one, a little blurry. Um, yeah, and so all of Act Two, I was just I didn't really get it. Um, all the stuff with the Merovingian, <laughs> and then you know, and they're fighting through the whatever reconstruction of the matrix they were fight i don't know i i didn't really get all that stuff and so uh act one i enjoyed act three worked well enough for me but act two i was very lost um and it's confusing I, yeah i have a like listed and circled and like the star the merovingian but under stuff i did that didn't work for me um i don't know Uh-oh, that was spoilers. weird spoilers <laughs> yeah. andrew them. loves so, spoilers yeah. i love a spoiler I, yeah. I do i do love a spoiler um you know what kind of fucked me up where I, it was one of those things where like, I don't know if that's smart or just dumb was when the analyst showed up after that big fight and like froze time and was like, this is bullet time. And I was like, that's what you call the shooting technique. That's stupid. That's stupid. Or brilliant. No, it's stupid. I had mixed feelings. Zach. No, I was, I was fine with it. I mean, they called it out at the beginning of the movie, mm. right? Like they called out that bullet time is like what the matrix is about. And then he was what the, I mean, it doesn't work in the sense that like the technology that Neil Patrick Harris is using is not as mind blowing now as bullet time was in 1999. Mm. Like, yeah. I, I don't know what camera techniques they did, but like he just kind of looks funny and blurry. Mm. But I think the dramatic idea is that the powers that Neo had in the original Matrix or that they all had that allowed them to manipulate the code so they could move faster and get into this bullet time, the architect is like a level above that. So he's like super bullet time because he's mm. able to, freeze the time and manipulate it in a way that Neo and Trinity can't, at least until they become, become one. The one. The one. Yes. yes the one who well, is two. The one. The one. And, and see now, and here is the thing, here's the thing that I want us to really, really chew on for this last segment. Well, really quickly though. So, I agree that the Merovingian segments did not work for me. Did did none of you get stoked though at the fight in the basement? Like once we were gone from the Merovingian, 
I thought that was sick. I it was great. That was sweet. The basement fight was amazing. It was like watching Joe Namath in a fucking Rams uniform, man. I don't know what that means. I know you don't. And that's why I said it. That's like watching. Yeah. yeah. That would be like <laughs> watching um, Elaine Page play Eliza right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, that I get. Yeah, you know that'd mean? be killer. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fucking great. Thank you for speaking my language. Yeah, it's, just, it's just like, what am I do- What's happening? This woman can't do this. Keanu's old and slow, man. He's old and slow. Uh, he fucking slays the John Wick movies. Yeah, yeah that, I was love couple, Keanu in this, that was a couple um, of years ago, I, man. How many force pushes? They were like, well, you know what? Keanu's like, his they, schedule's a little busy right now. He's a little tired. Like, have let's a, just give yeah, him force no. powers. What am yeah, I they, watching? It was COVID. They did. It was COVID. They didn't do fight choreo. <laughs> yes, but I also think it's a conscious decision because Neo decides he's not going to fight anymore. Like that's the whole scene with him and Morpheus in the training. Yeah, but area he does. He's like, just like I'm not. He blows Morpheus up and like blows up the whole little shack that they're in because he is. Because he force pushes now. He force pushes. Right. He's, he, he force right. pushes now. In, in the same it's a, it's way. A nice trick. In the same way that in the first movie, there's this transition from guns, out of guns, into martial arts, Neo has now transitioned out of this world where he needs to rely on martial arts into a world where he is now is relying on the force. Yeah, where where he's now a Jedi. And it's just like, unfortunately, for a viewer martial arts is like very cool to watch mm. and force pushing is like not very cool to watch. Right. Yeah. yeah it just, just sort of it like, just felt lazy to me. But no. now, okay. Um, I was, I was going to just agree with CJ on the, on the like fight in the basement thing. I, that didn't really, I don't know. I wasn't mm-hmm. a huge fan of that one. I fucking um, ate it up with like two yeah, spoons. Two. <laughs> two spoons. <laughs> I fucking loved it. So, um, oh, I, I wanted to jump in there real quick on the, uh, Zach had mentioned he wasn't sure how they did like the bullet time thing. So I went and researched this and looked it up beforehand. Um, and they shot the bullet time completely differently in this film. That doesn't um, surprise me. Yeah. And so, uh, what they did is they had this row of 24 cameras, um, that were just all shooting like this rack of 24 cameras that were all shooting and half of them were set at normal speed. And then half of them were like four times as fast. And then they just had like the characters moving around and performing the scene. So they're recording two different cameras and then they just kind of layer them over the top of each other. Um, And so you have um, Neil Patrick Harris like running around and doing his scenes at his normal speed. And then they just layer it over the top. So the, the movie making technology they used is actually really cool and fascinating. Um, You know how that turned up on screen. I don't know, but it's really neat what they, did technology wise to make that happen that's super it's cool. interesting it's it's super like interesting the, the the final visual is is not as dazzling as the original bullet time though which which yep. made me sad it just did like but i don't know i don't know what their covid post-production moment was you know in, in some ways it's kind of the inverse of bullet time too right because bullet time was all circular cameras and you said yeah. these were all in a, a single yeah, final line. Yeah, just in like a, they're on a rack and like just pointing. Yeah. Yeah. So I assume it's like one of the, it's like when you revert, when you invert the musical theme, but it just like sounds shitty the other way, but yeah. you need to do it because you of your to. dramatic reason. And it's like, mm. you know, we had a reason to do it. It just doesn't it's look not as, as good or it doesn't sound as good. Yeah. As it's supposed to. 
So I, I want us to chew on one more thing before we end this segment. And, and I think it's an important thing. And it's the character stakes that they make for Neo because mm, I think a stake, I know, right? Because so I think to both movies. And mm. I think what gets us, what gets us there is Niobe not trusting him, right? Because she's, she's lived a life beyond him and she's in a different spot and she's very different when we left her. And it's, it's, it's interesting that they have to like sort of liberate themselves from the old way of doing things. I think that's a nice metaphor to play with, but now analyst is going to kill Trinity unless Neo gets back in his pod and Neo makes a bargain with analyst to give him one shot to remind Trinity that she is Trinity. I think this is some fucking great storytelling and I also think it's a great way to get us back to biblical style metaphors, but away from how heavy handed the third movie was with their biblical style metaphors. Like this sort of this, uh, what they've done is they've kind of left the Bible and got into an Orpheus story. And in this Orpheus story, Eurydice saves him. I think that's fucking interesting. And I'm curious how you guys feel about that. Uh, I can go first. You should. Go for it. You should. Yeah, I didn't have, so I didn't have that reading. It's very, now that you say it, it's very easy to see the Orpheus reading on it. But I, for me, this was all about the journey that Neo took. And because the first movie is all about like, finding your true identity and finding who you really are. And his name is so important to him. The moment where like he wants to be called Neo, that's who he really is. And it's very easy to put the trans view Mm. of Lana and Lily on top of that. And the same thing happens in this movie for Trinity. She just like gets so fed up with getting called Tiffany. Like, Mm. and that's what is what finally breaks her is just getting dead named by her fucking husband, Chad. uh, (laughs) What a douche name. Obviously. (laughs) It's not just a douche. No, no, no. It's not just a douche name. Chad is like an incel name. Like it is Mm. a name associated with the incel community. And uh, like, I I don't 100% know the etymology here, but I believe they started using it to be like as a um as a good thing like it was like an alpha male who gets like loads of sex and then it sort of got co-opted by everyone else to be like a chud or you know someone who's uh <laughs> alt-right horrible person um so anyway so th- this was about like trinity finally being realized for who she is and finally getting having someone see her for who she is and the whole like the whole movie we're seeing their that their reflections look different and the way that we see neo and trinity and the way that they see each other is different from how the rest of the movie the rest of the world the rest of the matrix sees them Mm. very cool yeah I am glad that you spoke first on that one, Zach, because I was wondering what Orpheus Andrew pulled that idea out of initially. 
Um, well, I think it's because she looks bad. Oh, well, yeah. It's, it's a good pun. I'm sorry. You yeah, yeah. piece of shit. <laughs> uh, I got to say, I I like that moment in this movie. I really, really did. Um, because we did sort of watch Carrie Ann Moss get um, benched. The Trinity, she right? She, like her true self and her true, that character that we all fell in love with. I know every single one on this fucking show fell in love with that. Um, in those sure. films. So it was really great to see her come out. So I will say, Andrew, yes. Point, Andrew. I liked that a lot. Thank you. You're welcome. Matthew, how did you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, Neil Patrick Harris is really good at making me hate him. Um, and so um, he, uh, I just think, I love when he plays villains just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, he's so over the top and I just, I don't know. Um, I love the way he chews up the scenery and um, I, so I enjoyed the way that he presents this choice and the way he's just so like skeezy and I don't know, dramatic and um, (laughs) he's just ridiculous and I, it works for me. Um, And some of the way the, this stuff though in act three was edited, um, I didn't love that as much. And so mm-hmm. um, I, I find I found a lot of parts where just the editing and the way they put it together made me a little bit confused on like the sequence of events and how it was all supposed to be working. So um, the, the, the story stuff, I agree with y'all on. And then the technique, I feel like didn't quite live up to um, the thematic things that they were doing with it. Cool. That's fair. I feel that. I think I think what's most important and I think what's most interesting about this conversation that we've had is that this is a piece of art that kind of didn't need to exist, sought to justify its own existence in a unique way. And somehow the four of us have had very different experiences with very different portions of it. And is that not what art is supposed to do, right? It got us talking. So whether or not you want to like validate the existence of this movie, Lana did successfully create a really good reason to talk about it. And there's a lot of talking points. And I feel like everybody's brought some very interesting things. I've, I've genuinely heard three things that I did not even think about while discussing this movie. And I think that's fucking cool. Yeah, I just made all my shit up though. You know, <laughs> she definitely she definitely made a hat. The problem is, is that I've been wearing the hat for like 15 years. Then she took it off of my head and put it back on my head and called it a new hat. So fuck off. You leave yeah, but, some, but sometimes isn't it just don't you just want to be like, God, I'll never hear a new Sondheim song again. And it's like, even if it's not going to be finishing the hat again, even if it's not going to be epiphany, like, don't you just want to hear a new one again? Just for, just, just once. I'm not like that. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad I'm never going to hear Hendrix play the guitar again. I'm, I'm glad. You that, leave? Yeah. I'm glad that Janis yeah. Joplin isn't, you know, re-recording uh, Son of a Preacher Man. Not Son of a Preacher so, Man. So basically Bobby what McGee. you're saying is, what, basically what you're saying is you're a let the past die, kill it if you have to kind of guy. And we're going to stick with that. It, and with it feels that, like it's break I think time. it's time for a break. It's break time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, CJ, this is one of our pandemic traditions that I'm so glad we were super consistent with because I really am starting to see the results of all of our work on this podcast. It's pretty great. 
Now, where are you seeing results, Andrew? Like in your midsection, um, like in your your chest area. Where where are the results happening best for you? Because I could use some. Listen, my chest area is on fire, but really, it's because my heart is so full from all the engagement we've been getting on our social media. I mean, I'm talking oh, to I'm talking to people absolutely. on the Instagram. I'm talking to people on the Twitter, and I want to do more of it. The 18 listeners have really started to engage. Uh, we appreciate you. We see you. Uh, we're very excited to have you. Yeah, so I think that, Andrew, where can where can the people who may be 19, 20, 21, where can they find us? Listen, at Icon or Ycon, both on Twitter and Instagram. And we have gotten way more active than we ever were. So remember those 15 episodes where we kind of lied to you about communicating with us? They're, it's true now. We're actually there, and we want to hear from you. So I say go for it. Just do it. Yeah. Log on, log in, trip out. <laughs> back to the show. And we're back. We are, uh, like Andrew suggested while he thought I wasn't um, listening, I've gone and fucked myself. So <laughs> we're back. Oh, no. I didn't Was think it a you... suggestion? <laughs> I didn't think you heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I've got earpods in, bud. No! They're always in. Big Brother's always listening. How I can hear you. You can't hear me. Oh my god! Wait, wait! But it took us about seven minutes to start this segment. You held it. You held on to that until I press record. You bastard. You know what? Sometimes good writing is just good writing. Oh. We haven't really been talking about that subject for the past half an hour, but here we are. Okay. Okay. Well, let's. Here's the thing. We've been chatting. It's it's late. It's 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 one a.m. where Zach is. Uh, I've kept him up, but he's so committed to making sure that this episode pops. And I think we need to honor Zach's sacrifice for this episode by focusing. And I think the best way to focus is to answer some ephemeral questions. About what we've been doing, which is we're wrapping up the Matrix, trying to learn why they made this latest one. Who is the one? We thought it was Mr. Anderson. Turns out maybe we were wrong. Christ, it's been so long. Back in the late 90s, they made three (laughs) movies. This story has been told. It was a trilogy, but they couldn't leave well enough alone. So they changed the color and tone and made one more. And I think I know why they made this, but we'll continue the conversation with what worked. What did not work? Here's a spoiler alert. Very little worked, but we'll (laughs) still talk it through. Andrew, back to you. I mean... I, I... I mean, I, well, first of all, I did not see a Jesus Christ Superstar reference coming, but I understand why you did what you did. Just Thank trying you. to get me in trouble with work. Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was beautiful. Not posting Shane. this one in the company Slack. <laughs> <laughs> why you can't you can't have parody lyrics? 
Oh, I have no idea. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. I definitely I rearranged it a little bit. It's not the same, you know, style and format of the song. So that yeah, may, well, that and it ha- okay. it does have um, really good synergy with one of my ephemeral question answers. So oh, beautiful. Oh, so that's that. that that's fantastic. That's I'm fantastic. Planned. Let's get started, though. Let's get started, Let's get Matthew. Started. Matthew, what worked about this movie for you? Um. The, the biggest thing that worked for me is the way that they approach the like the commodification of identity and um, the uh, just the meta narrative that was going on with Warner Brothers and the way they wanted to make the movie and like the fight over those things and the way those things were lampshaded mm. throughout the first 45 minutes. Um, and I just got this sense of like, it reminded me every time, you know, pride comes around and all the companies, you know, put out their, all their corporate pride stuff. And I'm like, just stop because like, you know, you're, you're not helping as much as you think you are, that kind of stuff. Um, Hi, gay. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it reminded me of that. Like they're just uh, taking uh, the way that the matrix has been, um, been commodity turned into a commodity of all these kinds of issues and um you get so many like uh, just surface elements without exploring it deeply uh and so i like the way that the film approached that and uh looked at it from kind of a lot of different angles so i like that first part in the first 45 minutes honestly if if the the film had gone the way the first 45 minutes have gone it probably would have been my favorite film of the year Mm. um and you know yeah so, but it, it, it didn't keep up that pace. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so I like that. All of that stuff. Very cool. How about you, Zach? Yeah, I've got a sort of antithesis for what worked and what didn't work. And I, I liked the casting of Jonathan Groff and Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, as Matt said, Neil Patrick Harris really works for me in this movie. I just really love him in villain roles. But I also, I spent a lot of time talking about like, their trans journey and how the first movie was (laughs) co-opted by the alt-right. And I don't think it was an accident that they cast like two prominent gay musical theater actors. Yeah. It was absolutely intentional. A couple of their lead roles. And I liked it. Sijay. Yeah. What's the question? What worked (laughs) for you? It ended. (laughs) <laughs> well, there was a stinger though. So did it really end? <laughs> uh, did you not uh, love okay, the Catrix? No. You loved the Catrix. Oh, you know, I love the Catrix. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, okay. Uh, in all seriousness. So we, we've got uh, 1999 and 2003, 2004, or is it 04, 05? Doesn't matter. The first it's Matrix. Both 03. Both 03. Both 03. Thank you. Um, Okay, so in those first movies, like when we're um, in the Matrix, there's like this greenish hue and we're outside the Matrix and like everything is like sort of blue. I loved and actually loved that in this movie with the new Matrix, that it's the new like beefed up Matrix, it's sunny in San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's never been that clear in San Francisco. I've been here eight months. Uh I did love the fact that they were like, yeah, let's make sure that the color and tone of the, of what's going on inside the matrix is so different than what we're used to and what we're accustomed to. Um, so that we all know that it is absolutely 100% fake. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, not, not 
legitimate. Um, and and the other thing that really really worked for me, I did love the White Rabbit segment. It was cute. Yeah, yeah. That that montage um, was really really choice. And I want everybody listening to know that when I did White Rabbit in the Matrix, the first one, I hadn't seen this film. You didn't yet. know, right? Yeah. yeah, I didn't know. And I saw that I was tickled. Tickled pink, if you will. Well, not pink. Do you think they <laughs> stole it from you? Maybe. Dude. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like a like, yes. Yes. Thank you, Matthew. You're probably owed royalties. Somebody well, owes me something. Except there were none because they didn't re- it was released on HBO Max, so it didn't make any money. Oh, there so. yeah, no, no, yeah you actually owe them money. <laughs> <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> God damn it, Zach, you got my hopes up for just like half a second. It's actually when I met uh, my Canadian wife, she was telling me about the reparations that was going to start happening for indigenous people in Canada. And supposedly I had that in my my lineage until I realized I didn't. So, oh, yeah. Same situation, but different. A little bit different. 100% the same. Yeah. Slightly different. Yeah, a little bit different. <laughs> What worked for you, Andrew? I was fucking waiting for it. Thank you. Jesus. I like to make you wait. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, you know what I really, I really loved. I, I loved that once again, Trinity saves him. Because in the very, very first movie, it's Trinity's belief in him and his her belief in their love that allows him to sort of be able to see the matrix and sort of embody his role as the one and he saves the day. And I love that they we're kind of leading up to, he's going to figure out how he can fly. He, he yeah. hasn't remembered all yeah. of his powers mm-hmm. yet, but what's more powerful than waiting for him to remember his power is seeing Trinity be so ready, be so filled with belief like she always was that she embraces her liberation. I thought that was fucking gorgeous. I was like, look, because she always had more faith than him, always. Mm -hmm. And it's still true. And I just loved it. I I loved it because even though she was so, uh, and it was for the story's sake, her underutilization, but uh, they, what a what a nice little twist on that on what we what they've been emotionally prepping us the entire movie. What a nice twist on that! I thought that was really yeah. Great. There's actually there's actually an alternative version of that scene. Uh, it may come out on the Blu-ray where <laughs> uh, when they're filming it, uh, Keanu actually yells, "I'm Mary Poppins, y'all!" Stop! I hate you. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. Actually, one out of a hundred people on HBO Max got that cut. Yeah. Yeah, the one person who's got that. <laughs> Wasn't me. So um, so uh CJ. Yeah. Back to you. We're gonna go in reverse order. What didn't work okay. about this movie for you? The Matrix Resurrections. Oh my god. <laughs> You're impossible tonight. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So okay. So, so what really didn't work for me is you made a movie where you spent the first half of it complaining about Hollywood and complaining about a cash grab sequel and complaining and complaining and complaining and beating us over the head with your complaining, but you're still in the room. Mm -hmm. Like you're the one doing it. You're here for it. As they say, 
Mm. Uh, I want to shout out the critical drinker. You can't have your cake. Talk about how shitty the fucking cake is and then eat the cake. No, you can't. And that it just didn't, it didn't work for me. That first 45 minutes was Matthew loved. Clearly Zach liked it too. I did too. Yeah. Uh, it just really didn't work for me. I was, I took me, it took me right out of it. And I was just like, no, like, stop, stop moaning. Stop moaning. Can I, because you're doing it. I know this isn't the time for questions, but can I ask you, CJ, how many times have you seen the original matrix? The original? Yeah. Oh God. 15, 20, a lot. Okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. 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 A lot. Yeah. Love the original. Uh, the second two, you know, it's like, eh, meh, right? I had some feelings about those two, but cool love, chase, love, love, yeah. love, love the first, love the first Matrix. It's a really cool car chase. The car chase. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. That, 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 that. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, what didn't work about this movie for you? Um, yeah, it didn't bother me the first time, but in between the first time and the second time, I learned that they did not ask Lawrence Fishburne to come back. Like it wasn't that they couldn't get him and recasting him really just felt pretty icky to me. Like it really just felt like, oh, we can replace one black guy with another black guy. And that's Mm. like pretty icky to me, even though I thought, what was the uh, guy's name? Yeah, Abdul-Mateen. Yeah, he did a fucking great job. He's he's an amazing actor. loved him. Oh, he's so good. Yeah, I couldn't could not get past that the second time I was like, if they had just asked him and he had said, no, it's like, fine, you know, whatever. But it's just crappy not to ask. I feel that. I feel that. How about you, Matthew? Um, so I have under here circled and started the Merovingian because he just drove me, drove me crazy. Oh, but, these weird fucking feathers. What is that? Yeah. I don't know. It's a, that part. It really took me out that entire scene where they're having that fight. I don't know that, that part I didn't get, but the big thing that really didn't work for me, um, like as an overall thing, was basically the stuff that happened outside the Matrix. Um, mm. All the and this is the same thing for me with like the second and third film. All the outside the Matrix stuff just has never really worked for me. The the aesthetics, I just I don't know, it, it doesn't really connect with me that much. And I was hoping that they would be able to get past that for me in this film, and they did not succeed at it. Um, and I enjoyed what's happening in the matrix so much more. So I was glad they went back in and all of that, but um, I struggled with that stuff. Can I, can I respond? I know this oh. isn't the time. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, and and <laughs> I want you the next time Andrew's talking to just start talking over yeah. him. Like, See, stop that? encouraging them. <laughs> you, you, you do that and it sucks. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, I tend to agree with you, Matthew, but actually one of my favorite moments of this movie happens. Maybe the part that like actually makes doesn't, like makes the whole movie not fail for me happens outside the matrix. And it's because it solves one of the like sequel problems. And it's the moment when Neo after Neo wakes up and they're like, and he, he says, so what, it was all for nothing. Like nothing happened. Like I did, I died for no reason. I made this deal for no reason. And they tell him, no, it worked. Like, we live with the machines now. What you did had a reason. And I, that moment meant a lot to me because mm. it, in some, like, 
A, it justifies the time you spend watching an entire trilogy for which the only really the first movie is any good. Um, <laughs> but I just also found it like very emotionally affecting to have that moment and have someone say to me, like, see that despair and have someone say, no, your sacrifice was worth it. Like it, it did something. Mm-hmm. We're in a different place for this movie than we were 20 years ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed that as well. But my my issue is less with that and more with the just like the aesthetics of it. And um, I don't know, the the real world stuff just feels so much less fully realized to me mm. than all the stuff that happens in The Matrix. And so yeah. uh, it's hard for me to to keep myself in the film during those sections. But I did enjoy that thematic element about it. Yeah, I agree. What well, didn't work for you, Andrew? Um, I stole your line, CJ. Well done. Well done, because your timing was flawless. Yeah. Uh, Bugs liberating Morpheus. Mm. Yeah. Clunky, 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 because, all right, I'm, 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 they, they, we do a reshoot of the original opening scene. Very cool. All the nostalgia. Bugs is now watching it. Oh, it's running in loop. This is old code. Oh, this person that's playing the Agent Smith type is really Morpheus- trapped in this what and i know that there's stuff you have to get on board with and make sense but in a a fourth movie that was really dedicated to sort of clarifying where we had left things you've chosen to recast and introduce a main character in a very bizarre how how so how is this the spirit of morpheus morpheus was an actual human being yeah, that doesn't like, or is it is it a reverse agent Smith? Did Morpheus get in the phone and get into the program? Is Hard new Morpheus yeah. Morpheus is an agent Smith, right? He's just an agent. He's an agent. No, but he's it's, agent yeah. Smith. But he's agent Smith in the he's retelling the of the Smith opening. Track. It is. It it's is, the agent yeah. Smith track. Oh, That's okay. what's confusing. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're watching a cut show here. Yeah, exactly. I I agree with you. It it asks you to play a lot of catch up and that the moment where he gets liberated is really fuzzy, which adds to the catch up required. But um, yeah, but then I, I, you know, I got on board because it was nice to see Morpheus and it was cool that Morpheus was part of the program, you know, and that in the real world, Morpheus looked all crazy. It, It was cool. But like, yeah. uh, it looked like one of those things where you stick your hand up in. Yes, like the needles. Yeah. He did. The needles. He did. It's so crazy. I've never put any other body parts besides my hand in there. So yeah, nobody asked you that. You literally, you, you literally didn't have to volunteer that information at all. No one. He just no meant one. his face. <laughs> he just meant his face. <laughs> yeah. um, CJ just mimed putting his face into a pile of needles. Thank you. <laughs> Does this movie make you guys Desert Island top five? It doesn't make my Desert Island top five. Mine oh, either. Exactly. Mine either. Yeah, I liked it, uh, but like, not close. No, no. Yeah, complete okay. the complete the <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, I was trying to think if if I was forced on my Desert Island top five to only choose like um, twenty years later reboots of different things, if this would make that Desert Island top five, and I don't know, maybe. There's a lot of 20 year old reboots there of things are that are now, not very yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. So I'd bring, I'd bring Saved by the Bell, the new series, before I bring this piece That's of That's actually garbage. really fun. The new series <laughs> is actually very fun. <laughs> Stop it. It is. Have you, watched Gr- have you watched Girls 5 ever yet? Have you finished the Clone Wars season one? There's so much more Clone Wars behind it. <laughs> season one. 
Okay. Season one. I have to finish all of season one for you to watch one. Yes, that's always series. the deal. Ugh. Clone Wars is so good, though. So, uh, so that's good. A, it's that's so good. Says. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. All right. I'll do it. I'll start tomorrow. Uh, all right. RBQ. You ready? Oh, yeah. I forgot. There's yeah. an RBQ. Yeah. Finish the trilogy pitch. So, Lana, she's not coming back. You're the new director. And they're like, Round out this trilogy and pitch it to me. What do you say, Matthew? So at the end of this one, you've got um, Neo and Trinity that are kind of saying they're going to remake the Matrix. Like, I'd love to see them try and do that and just like it fails miserably and they essentially kind of recreate the original Matrix like accidentally or something like that. Oh, cool. Um, they kind of become the architect and the Oracle or some shit. That'd be cool. Right. That kind of thing. And so then you have, you know, uh, I don't know that you necessarily need to turn them into the villains, but something in that direction. And you have to kind of fight your way back out of Matrix again. Yeah. I don't know if you'd like you'd want to take that in some different directions. Uh, but I think that might be an interesting way to take, if you're going to make a new trilogy out of it, uh, it might be an interesting way to do it. Cool. 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 CJ. All right. So they try to remake the matrix in the second film. Uh, and similar to what Matthew says, like it all, it just, it just goes to shit. So they end up moving to Vermont and they open up a hotel, Right. So Neo and Trinity, they're running this little bed and breakfast hotel in Vermont and like Tank and Dozer and C are there (laughs) and they're all brothers. Right. And like Niobe, Niobe is there as well. Um, And then at the end of the third film, right, Keanu Reeves, he wakes up and he looks in the bed next to him and it's Bill S. Preston Esquire. It was all a dream. <laughs> is nice. it wrong? Is it wrong that I would watch and enjoy that? Is that wrong? <laughs> I would watch well, and love that. What's really wrong is I just gave you the plot of New Heart. You did. <laughs> you did. That's really bad. I liked it though. <laughs> Zach, how about you? Uh, yeah. So I would move on from Neo and Trinity and focus on bugs. And I feel like I this plan would probably make people more mad than any of the previous movies. <laughs> but I would have Bugs realize that the real world that they know, that they think is the real world now, is not the real world. And it's another Matrix. And once Bugs gets liberated, it turns out it was actually being run not by machines, but by capitalist Humans. human oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Humans and corporations. Oh, that's cool. The whole time. That's cool. That's very, very interesting. Yeah, I like that. You'd get on a lot of lists for that. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, I I would have to go into hiding. (laughs) But it's a very cool story. It's very creative. I love it. What about you, Andrew? All right. (laughs) CJ, you're (laughs) tired. Am I ruining your bets? I'm sorry. So, so, all right, all right. So, I think it's important that section with Niobe. So, I think I think because we introduced that and the the beat that machines and humans can coexist. I think what's going to happen is, whereas in our last trilogy, what we came to was that uh, 
uh, Neo sacrificed himself and made a bargain with the machines mm, yeah. to submit himself to the machines so he could destroy um, Smith. I think what's going to have to happen is something similar in that in this peaceful real world coexistence, we're going to find that all of this war, the machine civil war, the war with the machines, the score of sky has created an inhabitable planet, an uninhabitable planet. You know what I mean? And the only way the humans can survive now is to submit themselves to the matrix to live as machines. Oh, yeah. The finally, finally cementing the marriage of man and machine in a way that we have not been able to do before, thus establishing Neo's true purpose to save Trinity and guide them on that path. But now they're self-aware, so it isn't a punishment. Right. It's a choice. The, The only way they can coexist in their own identities authentically on Earth is to merge with the machines and become, um, you know, or organic machine hybrids. Andrew likes anime. <laughs> it's a cool story though, right? Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. All right. What is your special award, Zach? My special award is the love song by Sarah Bareilles award. <laughs> This is how it connects to your uh, uh, your song, CJ, because Sarah Bareilles famously was told by her record company to write them a love song for her new record so that they could have something marketable. And instead, Sarah Bareilles gave her record company <laughs> a big middle finger and wrote, I'm not going to write you a love song. And that's exactly what happened here. You know, we're going to make yep. this Matrix movie with or without you. And it's like, fine, fuck you. I'm going to make it. But I don't yep. care if I don't care if it's good or not. I'm going to make the movie I want to make. Mm. Yeah, it's not and, good. It's not good. <laughs> but who cares? Who cares? Cash that check. Right. right. So the love song is a great song. It's a great song. Uh, my my special award. Um, I, you know, I I was going to originally go with um, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. But <laughs> I found a better place for that. Uh, yeah, that was my a good spot. Special. My special award for the Matrix Resurrections is the Sandy Koufax Award. Remember Sandy Koufax. <laughs> you can do it. If you want to do it. Thank you. Uh, and, and Sandy Koufax famously didn't want to do it anymore after nine years. And at his uh, press conference when he was announcing his retirement, a reporter said, Sandy, the question is why? Famous, famous, famous baseball quote. That's what I think about when I think about this movie. <laughs> the question is why? Uh-huh. Why did we need this? Why did we make it? And like cash money isn't good enough when you when you revisit something as like powerful and as memorable and as iconic as The Matrix. So Sandy Koufax Award. I love it. The question it. is why. I love it. That's very, very cool. Matthew? I think I'm going to have to go with the Van Halen Jump Award. Um, (laughs) But just for the scene where they jump off the building. Um, Because, okay, so they filmed that scene 19 times. um, And they actually just jumped off the building. Um, And 
like they couldn't get uh, nobody wanted them to do this scene where they got on top of the building and just jumped off all these times and Keanu uh, or Lana was like we have to do it with actual lighting and Keanu was totally on board and so they're like I guess I guess that's what we're doing um and then they just ran and jumped off the building 19 times with you know like the wires and everything but um it's <laughs> it's Keanu's just like, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. And um, I think that having like actual lighting, um, it looks like it's all, all these practical effects that they're doing to do it. Um, I love that part of the film. And, you know, if there's any part of it that like, it's going to stick with me, it's that one scene of them jumping off the building. Oh, Which scene true. is it, CJ? Say what? Which scene is it? This is your line. Oh, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew. Oh my God. <laughs> What's that behind you? What's what behind me? Jesus Christ, Andrew. What's your special award? Oh, hey. <laughs> I was like, what? No, I'm so shockingly scared of something bursting into my hotel room because on our first night, somebody did walk into my hotel room. Were they it, it cute? Were... Yeah, right. That's the well, question. Were they they, never, question. they never got close enough. They didn't get past yeah. the bathroom. I was like, excuse me. Ah, <laughs> I became a British old lady immediately. I became a Eugenia Doubtfire. I don't know why I said it. Like, I was like, excuse me. And he left. <laughs> My special award, special award, my special award for the Matrix Resurrections is the Back to Before Award. Mm. Back to the floor. Back to before. Back to the floor. <laughs> Kill you. So, in the musical ragtime, Marin Maisie. All right, Marin Maisie. I know what a legend. Let the uh, the big song that 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 the mother character sings, the culmination of it is "We can never go back to before," and that's her big thing. There are people out there unafraid of this, unafraid of that, and she understands now that like she has lived such a life that although she can that that these two things can coexist, she can miss what was and embrace that she cannot go back to it. And I think one thing this movie successfully does is really give us the nostalgia trip. They fucking fully play sequences from the movie throughout the movie. They give us all you want. And the whole time there's like, but you, you can't go back to that. And then act three while bonkers fully embraces it. And they've created, uh, Lana has created a movie and her team created this film that successfully lets those two truths coexist that what was was beautiful and amazing and so special to me and changed my life and will always be that thing that I did that changed my life and zero interest in going back to it not because I'm difficult or impossible because that is impossible so what I can give you is this new thing and leave it up to you to decide what you what you would like to do with it. But what I've given you is something honest that's new. And it's both of those things. I think that's fucking cool. And that's my special award. Ragtime original cast album. Go listen so to good. it. So good. Iconic. Iconic. Not iconic. True. <laughs> and speaking of iconic. Or iconic. 
is this movie an icon or a Wicon? CJ. Just eeny, meeny, mighty mode real quick in your head and picked me. <laughs> I, I will say I've been picked first now <laughs> for the first time in my life. Um, no, this movie is a 100% Wicon. It's it. The story was told. The story was completed. The narrative was over. There was a little like, oh, is Neo, is he dead? It, it doesn't fucking matter. Everything was <laughs> over. It ended. Good night, Irene. Okay. To go back to before, to bring this thing back in a very unexciting and unnew way. Sorry to piss on your special award, Andrew, but do you hear that? That's my pee on your special award. Oh my God. Why, why, why are you showing out for company so <laughs> bad tonight? <laughs> so rude. You peed on my special award. That's so uncalled for. I peed on it. <laughs> Zach, what's your special award? Is that where we are? No. <laughs> <laughs> Is this uh, film an icon or a Wicon? Andrew's frozen. He's just uh, like, it's because you peed on my special night. award. <laughs> I can't even, I don't even know what to do with this. <laughs> this, this assault. Assault and batter pee. Look, if taking, <laughs> if taking a personal tragedy of your parents' death and turning that into a Mondo check from Warner Brothers, cashing that check <laughs> while giving them the double birds walking out the door is not iconic. I don't know what is. Yes, Zach. Yes. <laughs> yes. And That's, while you were saying that, cool. like, I was, I was imagining um, Lana like as Trinity in the second movie, like oh uh, yeah, falling out the, the window. That's great. Double birds. That's awesome. Recut. Yeah. That's awesome. Matthew. Uh, yeah, I'd probably say it's a Wicon as well. Like, um, <laughs> it's my boy. <laughs> yeah, so, trade. I like the, the movie. I enjoyed watching the movie. I'm glad that I watched it. But I don't think that I'm... Re- I think that in like 20 years, I'm just going to look back and be like, oh yeah, that was a thing. Weird. You know? So... Yeah, totally. um, and. A, a movie doesn't have to be like amazing for me to still enjoy watching it. I watch lots of really ter- terrible movies oh, and still like them. Yeah. So, um, and this one was fine. Like it was fine. Um, but I don't think it's going to, you know, it's ne- never going to hold like an iconic place in my movie collection or anything. I feel yep. that. Yep. I agree with that. So, you know, my thing is this. It's really hard to not embrace how iconic this film is and the fact that like it shouldn't exist, justifies its own existence and laments its own existence at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like that's iconic. That's it, it, it knows it knows that on some level there are elements of it that are just not great. But what it sets out to do, is to tell you that it knows. And that's a power move. It's a fucking Applebee's commercial. How dare you? How dare you? It is not an Applebee's commercial. But once again, I think we have successfully completed another franchise. 
This is Taco Tuesday all over again. This is and and this is one of our best se- season franchise finales oh, ever. Yeah. Yeah, this is good. This is right up there with Zack Snyder's Justice League. It is a really it wasn't yeah. finale, but that felt like a finale. It felt like it, well, it might have been, it must should have been a finale. Fucking Wonder Woman eighty four <laughs> was that shit. Oh my god. Anywho, anywho's uh, Zach and Matthew, why don't you take a moment? Uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast and where we can hear it. Uh, yeah, so our podcast is called Stream It. Um, most places you can find it just by searching Stream It. It does have an exclamation point. But if you can't find it by just searching that, you can also add in Zvazda, which is just my online handle, Z-V-A-Z-D-A, and then it will generally pop up. I think there's a nice synergy between our two shows. You guys go really in depth in uh, franchises, obviously. And I think one of the strengths of our podcast is that we have a really good diversity of movies and totally. uh, you guys are really funny and we're kind of not really funny. And I, I your find show you guys nice. very funny. <laughs> oh, uh, I was very amused. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And it's, and it's a really enjoyable listen. And, and all 19 of you that listen to us, uh, if you love us, you will truly go listen to them. They're fantastic. That's- I'll echo okay. that. Yeah, that's that's real talk. And hopefully the 19 of uh, everybody that listens to us will also come and listen to all of y'all. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we're, we're going to drop this in our feed. And yeah, I've, I haven't listened to every episode of your show because I have not watched every movie in mm. your show, but I have listened to every episode for which I've seen the movie and I have watched movies that I would not have otherwise watched so I can listen to your show. Oh, um, come know, on, man. That's love. awesome. Yeah. Much I don't know what other compliment I could give, give to the show. So <laughs> for sure. go check it out. No, thanks. Well, for Icon or Wycon, I'm whoa, 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 Andrew. Whoa, 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 wait, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. You went through that whole fucking diatribe about the end of the franchise and you're, we need to announce oh, the yeah. next one. What's next? What's next? What's oh, next? Oh, you do. I forgot. Broham. Sorry, I know it's been a long day. Doors. I'm slipping. Nice. You're the one that didn't catch a cue all night. A cue. A cue. Yeah. Well, the one time when Zach asked me the question about the scene, my cat, my poor cat, her mouth is bloody because <laughs> she had surgery, and I was like looking at her. And that's why yeah, I was that's like, not huh? funny at all. Wait, what? <laughs> what happened? Oh yeah, I'm Mary Poppins. Uh, so, so, now so, next. so now we're doing excuses? That's what this is, huh? Oh, well, I'm going to excuse you from your own show here in a second. I'm going to bring Matthew on next week and be like, for those of you joining us for the very first time, ding dong, the witch is dead. <laughs> Which one? <man? laughs> uh, Andrew, please let me get this out. Please do. Folks, we did Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. We did The Matrix. Are you sensing a theme here? Keon, you imagine what we're doing next. John. Matthew's dead. Wick. (laughs) We're doing the John Wicks. John Wick! John Wick. I love the John Wick. That's going to be fantastic. 50-year-old Keanu. Not force pushing. Actually, kicking Kicking ass. Tushies. Tushies. It's going to be super fun. I'm so looking forward to it. Uh, Matthew and Zach, thank you so much for joining us today. This, you, was, and Zach. this was super fun. Yeah, thanks for having us. We'll have to find a, uh, find a movie to do the reverse. Oh, let's do, we'll be there. Absolutely. In a second. That would be so fun. Bachelor party. 
Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. No. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible idea. For Icon or Icon, I'm Andrew David Sotomayor. I'm CJ LaRoche, and we'll see you next time. You guys say next time. Next time. Next time. There it is. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>